Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. This evening I want to talk to you about how uh, uh, wonderfully and marvelously God has, has made us in Genesis chapter 1 I think it's about verse 26 it says that uh, that uh, and God said let us make man in our image he formed man out of the dust of the ground and the, uh, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life He says, after our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And so God created man in his own image and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply. And in Psalms, uh, we're told uh, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but uh, uh, that God has created us in His image is a, is a, a tremendous thought. Have you ever thought of, of the fact that God is uh, basically... When He created man, He put His stamp of approval on mankind. He, he created man differently from all other creation. God spoke into existence all of the universe. But when He came to man, He took the time and had a more personal, intimate Involvement in creating man. He did more than just simply say, uh, let's create man. Okay, uh, let man come from the dust of the ground and, and have dominion over the earth. He did more than just simply say that. He bent down and scooped up the earth and formed man. And the Bible says, in his image. He created man. In the image of God, He created them male and female. What do you feel like is... There's always been a debate as to what it means when the Bible says that He created man in the image of God. A lot of people take that to mean that, well, God has a head and two arms and two legs and uh, two hands and five fingers on each hand and uh, ten toes, uh, not on each foot, but ten, you know, that God created man to look like God. Others say, no, God created man to, uh, in His image, in that He gave man the free will to choose and gave free uh, a choice to man as to whether or not He would. Uh, uh, accept and follow after God or if he would go his own way. That, that is the, the image of God, that, that God allowed man to have free will. And others say, no, uh, what 
it means to be created in the image of God means that mankind has imagination and has creativity and the ability to create. Uh, although uh, we don't have the ability to create something out of nothing as God does, we are creative. There's nothing else in God's creation that has creativity. Now, you know, uh, uh, giraffes and and monkeys and, and dogs, they all can have a little bit of personality and kind of uh, can get excited when they see us because they know, hey, this is the person that gives them food or this is the person that is good to me and, and does things for me and, and, and uh, that kind of thing. But uh, you don't see any uh, 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 apes, even though they might learn how to communicate in sign language. You don't see any of those apes uh, building a, a, a wheelbarrow or uh, creating a machine that does things. They might uh, be able to to take paint and mess it against a canvas, and some people call that art and, and sell it for thousands of dollars, but they have no ability to create like mankind. And, and so many people say that uh, the creativity is what causes man to be in the image of God. But we are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Uh, our bodies are an amazing thing. Uh, there are just some facts about the human body that you might not be familiar with. Uh, uh, this is one that I particularly like. Uh, the human body has a half a million hairs on it. And I, rem- I remind myself that every time I look in the mirror and I see <laughs> my hair because it doesn't seem like I have a whole lot of hair, but yet we have a half a million hairs on our body. They, they are used by uh, our bodies to cool, uh, cool us off when we get hot and a myriad of other things I'm sure we still haven't discovered yet. Uh, but our hair on our bodies is, is an important part of our, uh, our physique, our, our, our body. Uh, and those who are born without the ability to, to create hair on their bodies have difficulty keeping uh, at least the one thing that we know for sure is, is that uh, hairs allow the body to cool and to help the body to cool. Uh, there's other things about our bodies. Uh, when we're born, our lungs, uh, the typical person is born with uh, pink lungs that are are. Uh, Fully, uh, sometimes not even fully formed until uh, hours before we're born. I know uh, uh, that was the case uh, for our uh, girls when our twins were born. Uh, Robin went into labor and they were about five and a half weeks premature. And uh, the doctor gave uh, antibiotics and, and steroids to Robin because he said, we want to allow the uh, the babies to form their lungs on their own before they're born and so uh, uh their your lungs are formed uh you know weeks before you're born uh, and uh you're born with lungs that will uh take in uh 36, uh, no, 7,200 breaths each day. You, you realize you breathe in and out 7,200 times each day? And with those breaths, you your body will take in uh, 3,600 liters of oxygen into your body each day. 
and uh, as your body gets, as the more you get, uh, the older you get, the darker your lungs become because your uh, your lungs are not a, uh, our bodies are not able to filter out all the the dirt and and dust and things that are in the air and so uh, our bodies our lungs uh, start out bright and pink and as we get older they get uh, grayer and grayer uh, no matter what environment we might be in even if we're in the best of environments, our bodies still uh, breathe in dirt into our lungs uh, that aren't able to fil- be filtered out. Our bodies are an amazing thing. Um, it, it, it takes 72 muscles within your face uh, just to be able to form words. And uh, you, you will speak 12,000 to... Uh, 36,000 words each day. And sometimes, uh, men, uh, it's difficult for us to listen to those 36,000 words that our wives uh, tell us each day. Uh, but it's, it's, part, it's in the job description of husband. You must listen to your wife as she shares about every detail of her life for that day. Uh, it's how you show love to that wife that you have. Uh, our bodies are an amazing thing. And uh, God's... We are God's creation, and we need to understand that that in spite of all the things that are uh, spectacular about our bodies, I don't think all of those things uh, uh, equate in the image of God. Did you know that uh, that our uh, brains are made up of forty uh, percent water? That's an amazing thing. I mean, we see water everywhere, and we don't think anything special about it, but our, bo- our brains are 40% water, and our bodies are, uh, I think, 60% water. Uh, it, it's an amazing thing how much fluid is in our body. It, it's an amazing... I might be a little bit off on that, uh, but it, our bodies have a, a, a great deal of fluid in them. Our bodies are amazing creation of God. And uh, uh, physicists and uh, uh, engineers and, and uh, people that know these kind of things, they say if, you, if we were to try and create a, a skeleton and a body uh, that would stand up it would, uh, and use the human body as an example, we'd never be able to create something that would even be able to stand. Uh, that our body's uh, ability to just simply stand up is a miracle in itself. But that, again, is not why we are an amazing creation of God and what God has created us to be. Uh, turn back to First Peter chapter 1. That's where uh, we're going to focus our, uh, our time on uh, tonight. And look at verse 10 and it says... Uh, <coughs> Uh, verse 11 says, search that, or uh, no, that's not the verse. Where did I get, where's, where was I going to start? Oh, 
Verse 13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of person judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear, forasmuch as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, for your vain conversation received by transgression from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto, the for, um, unto uh, unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being a born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is a grass, and all the glory of man as a flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth uh, of thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So Peter is sharing this passage of Scripture, uh, this message. Uh, and he's sharing this message of Jesus Christ to people who are part of the diaspora, part of those who've been uh, spread out, those who've been uh, uh, out there and weren't part of the group of the uh, Israelites who came back to Israel. And uh, we know that's to be the case because there were Jewish people who uh, were all over uh, the known world at that time. In fact, uh, all those who came to Jerusalem for the uh, uh, the uh, Passover came from all over, and that's what caused the Pentecost to be uh, such a, a wonderful event. In that it was a time, uh, you know. Remember, Pentecost was a a, a, a feast that occurred after the Passover. It was the uh, the Feast of the Booths. Uh, but Pentecost was changed forever uh, after Jesus' uh, death, burial, and resurrection and the falling of the Holy Spirit. We know Pentecost to be that time in which the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples and they went out and they shared the gospel of Jesus Christ to all those people that were there for uh, the, the, the different feasts, uh, primarily that began with the, uh, the, the Passover feast. And they were all these people from all over and they began to speak in all these different languages because uh, they were Jewish people that had been a part of the, uh, the disbursement of the Jews all over uh, Palestine, all over that area. Of uh, uh, that were 
spread out because of the different persecutions that the Israelites endured over the the, the years. And some of those people remained behind and couldn't come back. And others were intermarried and, and uh, produced... Uh, children in those other areas but uh, as they gained their freedom once again they began to come back and so you have all those Jewish people that came back for the uh, and the for the feast each year and and the gospel was shared to all those people and then they all returned back home and the gospel was just uh, spread all over because of that um, uh, so Peter is writing to all those Jewish people that uh, that went back home, went all over the place, and he's writing these words to them, and he's sharing with them what it means to be a Christian. What is it that when we accept Jesus into our heart, Paul talks about in, in Ephesians how we take off the old man and put on the new, uh, and how we are to be a new creation, and how we're to uh, to live a life that is different from the one we lived before. And, and Peter here is trying to give uh, some insight as to how we should do that, and how we should uh, live our life, and about living... Uh, as we wait for the hope of the Messiah to return once again. And uh, he says in verse 13, Gird up your loins of your mind and be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, you need to, as we would say it today, we need to wrap our minds around the understanding that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that Jesus Christ is the one who came and fulfilled uh, the promise of God. He's the one who was foretold from all uh, from of old, and we need to understand that who Jesus Christ is. And he says you need to uh, to seriously think about this. That's what he means by gird up your loins and be, of your mind and be sober. Uh, he says think hard on this. You are desiring to be obedient children, not being like you once were because of your former lust, because of your former ways. And, and this is the struggle that every Christian has. How do I become more like Jesus Christ? And how do I lay behind all the things that I once uh, was involved in? All those uh, things that, that keep dragging me back into the world and keep dragging me further and further away from Jesus Christ. And if we have to be honest, even the best of Christians have a sin that, that seems to always always have our number, that always is able to, uh, to just simply uh, pluck us out of doing all the good things that we want to do for Jesus Christ and cause us to be right back in sin. And Satan's able to sit there and look at us and say, yeah, look at you. You think you're a Christian? One of the, the hardest things for Christians is, is that we at times have difficulty with doubt about our salvation. And we doubt our salvation because... We continue to allow a certain sin in our life, a certain sin that we uh, that we continue to to be chained to. And and Peter says we need to understand that we, uh, if we're going to to have a new life, if we're going to be children of God, that we need to first understand that the first and foremost uh, aspect of our life is to be obedient to God. 
We can't have change in our life if we're not willing to be obedient to God. We can't overcome that sin that that continues to drag us back into uh, uh, that sinful behavior time and time again if we don't have obedience to God. We can't do the things that we want to do, the things that we know we should do. We've been talking about uh, contacting all those people and making sure that we uh, are faithful to share the gospel and being faithful to evangelize. We can't do that if we're not being obedient to God because our natural self is to sit back and only think of ourselves and do the things we love to do and enjoy, whether it's reading books or watching TV or or gardening or going out and watching the uh, children or grandchildren play or uh, whatever it might be. All those things, even though they're not sinful things, they're things that can drag us away from doing the things that God wants us to do. And we can't be the, the Christians that we know we should be we can't be the evangelistic uh, uh, gospel declaring people of God if we're not being willing to be obedient to God and willing to serve Him. And that obedience begins when God says, you know, you need to speak to that person. You see that person. Uh, have you ever been Have you ever been in the Piggly Wiggly or at, at Walmart going down the, the aisle and you see somebody out of the corner of your eye you know? And they haven't really seen you yet, and you think, I need to go around this corner real quick because I don't have the time to talk to them. I don't want to be, I don't want to be uh, uh, rude and not say anything. So maybe if they don't see me, I can ke- take ten minutes off of my uh, shopping time by not getting hung up talking to this person. You love them. You want to talk to them. But you're just too busy. You don't have time. And so you say, let me, let me get around this corner real quick or, or let me just pretend like I didn't see him and not say anything. But the Spirit of God says, you know, you hadn't seen them in how long? You need to share with them how much you miss seeing them, how much you, you love them and, and hope that everything's going well, how much you, you want them to know that God loves them. How much you want to share with them that you we miss them at church or we miss them in our fellowship and and we really want them to to know that God is working something special in our lives and we want that for them too. That's the Spirit of God speaking to us. The Spirit of God tapping us or thumping us on the back of the head, saying, "You know, you see that person there. You know, you need. I put them in your path." For this very reason, get over there and talk to them. Obedience says, yes, Lord, I'll go. Our flesh says, I'm, I'm in a hurry. I need to get back home or somebody's going to be waiting on me if I don't go. We need to be obedient. Obedience says, yes, Lord, anytime. Yes, Lord, I'll... I'll you know... Obedience really is is after we've started to go the wrong way, turning around and going back and saying, yes, Lord, I'll go back. Making a concerted effort to go and talk to that person. Making an effort to make sure that we share with them God's love. He says, if we really want to be His children, we must be obedient. 
Not doing the things that we once did. Things that we once were caught up in. Our former lusts. But being obedient to God. Following after Him. Doing the things that He wants us to do. But as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. I'll never forget when I had the deacon of one of my churches look at me and say, We can't expect young people to follow everything the Bible says. What? He, he was preacher. We can't. You know. We know. I know. We're supposed to live a particular way, and you know it. But we can't expect everybody, especially young people, to live that way. God tells us, if we're a Christian, we are. We're to live. A life that strives for holiness. We need to strive to, to live our life as Jesus would live. Strive to live our life in such a way that we're doing exactly what God wants. That's what He means by be holy. And sure, we're not going to meet up to the holiness of God. But we're to strive in everything that we can and everything that we do to be holy, be righteous, to live as Christ would have us to live. To set aside the former lusts of our life and, and to live the kind of life that He's calling us to live of holiness. Verse 17, And if you call on the Father who without respect a person judges according to every man's work, passes the time of your sojourning here in fear, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by transgression from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. He's saying, look, I understand you can't be holy. You can't live the perfect life, but live the kind of life that is worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus gave. Live the kind of life that He says, you, you just weren't simply redeemed with second-rate material. You weren't redeemed in a slipshod way. You were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And He's saying with that precious blood of Jesus Christ which was applied to your life, you and I have the ability to live a holy life, to live a righteous life. We have the ability through uh, the precious blood of Jesus Christ being applied to our life and we've been redeemed. 
not with corruptible things, but with the incorruptible, precious blood of Jesus Christ. God didn't just simply give us... Here's the thing I want you to, to think about for a minute. God calls us to be holy, to live a righteous life, and God's not going to ever give us a task or an expectation or a goal or a, a pathway that He's not going to help us to achieve. He says, be holy. He's not going to tell us to be holy if He doesn't expect us to be able to live a holy, righteous life. He provided us the means and the method, and the method of doing that through the precious blood of Jesus Christ being applied to our lives. And so He's going to provide a way for us and it's not a, task, uh, a goal that we... He's not going to give us a goal that we can't ever meet. Uh, in education, you, you give a goal to children when you're teaching them that they can, they can reach, right? Especially when they're just starting out, you give them a goal that's maybe pretty easy for them to reach so they gain some confidence and so they won't get discouraged. And you continue to rise that goal so that they continue to progress in their learning and continue to progress in their ability to, to grasp the material and, and, and to give them a higher and higher goal to continue to strive for that goal. But at some point you know that they'll not go, they're not going to be able to reach any of those goals. They're... they're, they're they're just they're going to have a limit as to how much they all of us have a limit all of us do not just children that have difficulty learning but all of us i mean let's be honest i mean some of us are not uh made out for you know uh some of this higher math i i you can teach it to me all you want to, but there's a point where I'm going to tap out. I'm going to say, I, I can't go any further. I, I've, I've learned all that I can or some other kind of thing. But with God, He doesn't give us a goal that we can't ever reach. Even holiness. He gave us the blood of Jesus Christ and through that precious blood of Christ being applied to our life, we can be pure before Him. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto the unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with pure heart fervently, being born again not of corruptible seed, but with incorruptible by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. He says, look, you have the ability to, to become righteous because you are reborn you're born of a new seed your life is new your life is is different it's changed being born again not of the corruption that is in this world but of the incorruptible of, of god for all of he says in verse 24 look remember all of life is as grass it's here today and gone tomorrow it's good for enjoyment it's like the flowers we can enjoy it today uh, it's here today and gone tomorrow I, my backyard has got some angels trumpets and they are beautiful when they bloom out but unfortunately 
they those blooms they go away and then during the winter the whole plant goes away you have to chop down that thing and then the next year it comes back flowers are here today and gone tomorrow and he says your life is the same way for all of life is as grass the grass withereth and the flower falls away but the word of the Lord endures forever this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you why is he saying that you need to take the word of God to the bank and you need to understand that when he says to be holy you're able to be holy through your recreation of your life through the new birth that you can have a new life and and you can live as a new creation because God's Word says. Because His Word professes. He tells us that it is and we need to understand that the Word of God stands forever. All of life will pass away but the Word of God will stand forever. God's Word is something that we can truly depend upon. And when He says you are a new creation, you are made new, we need to trust in that and realize that no matter what we've done in our life, that He's made us new. And that's the joy of salvation. That's the joy of of sharing the gospel, that no matter what someone is involved in, no matter what they are tied into because of the things of this world, that they can have their life cleansed, made whole and new once again. And that's the joy that comes with sharing the gospel to see God work in the lives of others. That's the beauty of God's creation in us, that we can accept the love of Jesus Christ. That, that's the image of God, being able to take on His image and being able to share that with others and to, and to profess His holy name. Let's join together for prayer.